welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, and today I am here all by myself. That's right. No fellow nerds here to discuss Dynasty Fantasy Football in the home stretch. Uh, so it's just me, and the show must go on. So today we are here. We're entering week 11. It's the home stretch for the playoffs in your league. Uh, hopefully that you are in competition. If not, uh, you know, there's always next year. You know, it's kind of being like a Browns fan. There's always next year. But if not, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of you that have either clinched a playoff spot at this point or looks like a likely clinch, or if not, you're in competition. And I'm sure a lot of you are because in, you know, Dynasty, most people run 16 playoff formats. So the week's going to start in week 13. Anything more than six, I think would be ridiculous. If you run a 14 playoff uh, format in your Dynasty League, that's fine too. I always we always run six just because you know more people the merrier the first people getting the buys. So you know and, and definitely in dynasty there's a lot of parity. You have a lot of teams sitting at right now maybe five and five that are possible. You know really trying to get into playoffs there. Uh, maybe if you're, you're four and five maybe you still have a chance in a six teamer. Definitely some bottom teams that are probably really waning with all these injuries right now. So this is the home stretch. This is uh this is where you want to make your move. If you've had a trade deadline, that's kind of silly. Everybody should be allowed to make trades going all the way up into the playoffs. It's it is dynasty after all. Now is the time to make that push. And you know the one thing I want to talk about before we get into everything, you know, player wise, is on Twitter. I've seen a lot of people. You know, when you're out of it, they want to blow it up. And they want to make trades. When you're out of it, you want to make trades. You want to make trades. But you have to be wary and you got to be cautious of the trades that you make. You know, there is a saying, sometimes it's the trades you don't make that benefit you in the long run. And I've, 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 I've given people my opinion on a lot of trades over the last week saying, no, I, wouldn't, I would not do that trade. That's, that's coming out a lot. Because I see a lot of people, when you're out of it, they're just looking to make trades in dynasty they're looking they're looking at it where they're out of it this year so their immediate reaction is oh i just got to blow it up and you know at times there is times when you do need to blow your team up but you have to be cautious of what you what you do blow up and what you do get rid of the the players you don't want to get rid of are the young talented players i've seen people a couple times offer should i trade gronk for a first round pick and an up and comer kind of guy. Uh no. You get you, you want to make sure that the guys that you are trained away unless you're getting really good return and people are overpaying and giving you a lot of assets, uh mostly in players, not just draft picks, are like older, uh you know, not maybe top ten dynasty guys, maybe not top twelve, fifteen guy dynasty guys. Guys like that you want to build around. Even if you're blowing up, you want to build around Gronk. You want to build around Todd Gurley. You want to build around a, a young, you know, young wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. You want to build around DeAndre Hopkins. You know, these young guys are the team, people that you do want to build your dynasty team around. You don't want to trade them away. Again, don't get over, overly fall in love with the, you know, the rookie picks. 
because you trade away, say you trade away DeAndre Hopkins for Stephon Diggs and two first-round picks, where it sounds great. You're getting two first-round picks, and all of a sudden Stephon Diggs isn't, you know, great. Maybe he's just an okay receiver. I like Stephon Diggs a lot, and I'm just using him, his, him as an example, but then you're really banking on those first-round picks. And the reality is, you know, 33% of those first-round picks are going to be complete bust. And maybe another half or more than half of those will be, you know, usable, startable players, but maybe not top-tier players, not DeAndre Hopkins top, top players. And if you're lucky, uh, two of those would be superstars. Maybe three of those guys would be really good. But, again, draft picks are huge gambles they they really are and if it isn't a top six pick it's it's after you get past six and below i mean it's even a bigger gamble so train away somebody like deandre hopkins then you're just trying to get or especially like somebody like gronkowski you that's a hole you gotta fill and you're just creating another hole take another risk uh with low odds of you know finding success and you're kind of, you know, taking a step backwards. Now, we preach sometimes you got to blow it up, and you want to acquire as many draft picks as you can, and you do want to do that at times, but you just got to be kind of smart about the way you do it. Some players are tradable, some players are not, but I definitely don't recommend. I mean, now, that's in a vacuum. It, it all depends on your team roster. Like, say you have Gronkowski and you have nobody else, then, then maybe you could trade them, but still... I mean, these young guys, it still gives you time to build. You know, maybe trade back. Instead of trading Gronk, you trade back from the number one overall pick, somebody that really wants Ezekiel Elliott, and you trade back to four or five. Again, I would just take the number one pick and go from there. The big thing is you just don't want to rush into these trades. You just don't want to, like, just make trades just to make trades because your team's bad this year. Maybe the players on your team, you know, maybe they'll rebound next year and take a step forward. Maybe you have some of your guys' injury that have come back. And you don't, want to deal, you don't want to dig bigger holes for your dynasty team by trading away all your quality talent for draft picks and upside. I mean, a lot of upside does not pan out. I mean, look at Kristen Michael, who just got cut. How much upside did he have? How many people were giving away first-round picks to acquire Kristen Michael, a former first-round rookie pick? And now he just got cut by his third team in Dallas Cowboys. And, and we were talking offseason. Any running back that went to the Cowboys this offseason, oh, we would have loved them. If Seattle had made that trade before the season started, you could have got a king's ransom for Kristen Michael. And he's a bust. It's safe to say at this point, you know, is there a shot he can come back and find success somewhere? Yeah. But is it likely? No. No. Deuces, Michael. It's fun. It was fun. Hopefully you sold high in Kristen Michael when you could. I know we said that before as well. It's just, but again, that's just one of those things. And you taking Kristen Michael at the eighth pick in your rookie draft uh, a few years back. That's a bust. You could have traded for him for a first-round pick uh, a year and a half ago when the, when the ceiling was really high. Bust. The list goes on and on and on about bust. Definitely rookie picks. And this is the time of year it's really intriguing, but... Again, I mean, this rookie class next year, too, it's not, it's not something to get overly excited point about at this point, early in the process. I mean, it looks like if, you're gonna, if you have a top six pick, it's where it's going to be at, and everything like that's going to be kind of, ugh, like most years, a, a, a big gamble. And, you know, 
if you went back and listened to some of these rookie shows from in the past, I mean, you'll you'll know. I mean, there's been draft class where there's two players out of the whole draft class, the whole class that's kind of worth having, maybe three guys that's worth having. And those are risks you really don't want to take. So, again, just be cautious. And, again, send them all to me on Twitter. I'm more than happy to 12, you know, help. Send them to me at Dynasty Rich. You can email me uh, on the site. You can write them on the forum. I'm more happy, more than happy to give you my uh, my feedback. But again, a lot of players you don't want to be trading away. Definitely, if they're under like 26 years old. I mean, that's a good that's a good way to look at. It. If they're like under 26 and they're a really good player now, you you don't want to trade them. It, it doesn't matter if you're blowing up, you're rebuilding. Again, these are guys you want on your team, long term value. You want to let them play out. The only thing I would advocate is if you want to trade away running backs, that I'm okay with that. I I will always be okay. Except, except for certain guys like Todd Gurley, uh, he he might be the only one, maybe Le'Veon Bell. That just you know those two are the two guys that I'm probably not trading away. But you know, even Le'Veon Bell for the right price, I'll I'll trade him away. It'd be really hard at this point for me to give up on Gurley. Uh, he's just everything we thought he'd be. But barring injury, I mean, you never know with these running backs. I I trade Gurley for Julio Jones. I would trade Gurley for you know possibly deandre hopkins and but even then yeah it, it, girlies just falls in that category right now it's kind of like Le'Veon bell is prime and uh which he is in his prime of just almost untradeable but most just about anybody else I, I i would and again i know you get a question too is you know if you're going to trade away running backs you want to acquire young receivers and you know, I believe, I know we had a Twitter uh, debate going on Twitter this week about building around uh, receivers or taking young running backs. And again, the reason you want to acquire as many young receivers as possible, and if, you know, you already don't believe in this theory, but the reason you build around young receivers is, you know, you got guys that are 24 that you're going to have on your roster for eight years. They're going to help you. Eight years, that's a lifetime in fantasy football. Six years is a lifetime in fantasy football. A lifetime. You'll see changes come, just come and go. Again, that's why these guys are so valuable because of the long-term play. I mean, we see the turnover at running back. I mean, you look at the, the top three running backs every single year, and it's usually a new, you know, a new class that finishes the fantasy football on top of the class. I mean, I know Adrian Peterson right now, is a, you know, he's up there in tops. Uh, he's consistent, but again, Adrian Peterson fell into that category a while ago of just untradeable. He's been in that category for a long time. I mean, nobody's trading Adrian Peterson. He's a, he was one of the dynasty darlings. That's what Todd Gurley falls into. And, you know, if you want your top four running backs this year, it's Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller, Adrian Peterson. Let's go top five and add Danny Woodhead in there. Let's go. It's, 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 here's even, let's go better. So after Danny Woodhead's five, you got DeMarco Murray at six. Then Chris Ivory, then Doug Martin, then Todd Gurley and Matt Forte, and Latavius Murray is right behind him. Then you have injured Deion Lewis behind him. So I mean, if you look at that list, I mean, you know, Deion Lewis was a free agent in the off season. Uh, Latavius Murray was an up and comer. Doug Martin, people have lost hope on. Chris Ivory, what people weren't talking about him as a top ten fantasy running back. Danny Woodhead, uh, he was one of my sleepers of the year. Loved him in PPR format in the beginning of the year, but again, he wasn't somebody you're guaranteed to be a top ten running back. Lamar Miller, I'm a fan of, and we're going to get into Lamar, Lamar Miller today. I really want to talk about, uh, you know, the number one question I've been asked on Twitter, on Facebook is Jay Ajayi. What are my thoughts on him? So I'm going to get into him here in a minute as well. 
Uh, but Lamar Miller is the third. He's tied with Adrian Peterson. They're both tied at third for the most overall fantasy running back points. They got Mark Ingram, who's having another year, and nobody expected Devontae Freeman to be running back one. I mean, Devontae Freeman has 220 fantasy points. Mark Ingram, number two, 159 fantasy points. That's a, that's a, that's a vast, uh, that's a big difference. Yeah, uh, 220, 159, that's a lot of fantasy points. But again, I mean, the running back position, so it's such a rolling turnover. I mean, it's just constantly new guys coming in, plug and plays. But then when you go to the receiving core, you still have your top guys at receiver. You know, Odell Beckham's going to be up there for a long time. Antonio Brown's going to be there for a long time. I mean, right now the top receivers are Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, Larry Fitz and Julian Edelman, Brandon Marshall, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, Brandon Cooks. And out there is Demarius Thomas, A.J. Green, right behind him with Allen Hearns. So again, and look at these names too. Antonio Brown, young. Julio Jones, young. DeAndre Hopkins, young. Odell Beckham, young. Larry Fitzgerald, Julian Edelman, and Brandon Marshall, you know, they're a little up there in the age class. But then you have Allen Robinson, Keen Allen, Jarvis Landry. And for the next eight years, these guys are going to be consistently on top of this list. There'll be guys coming in. You know, Amari Cooper's going to come in here. There'll be other names that are going to roll right through here as well. But, I mean, these are guys that will consistently be at the top of your fantasy scoring list year in and year out. And these guys are the guys you want to build around. So if you have any of those guys that I just mentioned, Allen Robinson, you know, guys like that, even Keen Allen, you know, now that Keen Allen's hurt, maybe you can go acquire Keen Allen if you're rebuilding. That's a guy I'm targeting. But these are guys are going to be the top of the fantasy receiver list. And if they're right outside the top 12, maybe they, maybe they finish at wide receiver two one year. You know, oh no, wide receiver two. Uh, these are guys that are going to be on this list for a long time. These are guys you want to build around. So I definitely have no problem trading running backs for receivers. Not at all. But just be careful what you trade. I mean, again, just don't trade just to make trades because you you know you get you feel like you have to do something because you're out of it. You should be making moves, but make smart moves and get other people's opinion. That's the best thing about Twitter. You can get other people's opinion and see where you're making a mistake uh, or if you're getting a really good deal. Because I've seen tons of tw- tr- trades coming in. I'm like, yes, make that deal. You're you're robbing this guy. You're bending him over. So it's gonna be hit and miss. Again, somebody's willing to overpay, then you'll you'll take it. But remember. And you use this as a selling point when you ask for more when people are offering draft picks. You tell them that I am taking all the risk. And that's what it, it's a risk. So when people are offering you a 2016, 2017 first for like a decent player, you have to ask for a player coming back as well. And you explain to them, I'm taking, a, I'm taking all the risk. And there's no guarantee here for me. So most people that are training for these players are, are in a win-now mode. So they have to give up a little bit more. And that's usually the case right now. People have to overpay. And if you want to win, there's nothing wrong with overpaying. So let's get into some of these guys this week. You know, big cuts this week besides Kristen Michael. Uh, and we won't call these big cuts, but, you know, Brandon Whedon got cut. Ugh, he's terrible. We should ever sign him again. But uh, Chris Matthews got cut. So if you picked him up from his performance with the Seattle Seahawks on his Super Bowl performance alone, well, and he's cut. Kristen Michael, cut. Jeremy Ross, who we just talked about a couple episodes ago, you might want to pick up as a waiver wire stash, cut. So, again, uh, it, you can cut Jeremy Ross as well. Sometimes those, you know, those bottom, the, you know, bottom feeder guys pan out. Sometimes they don't. 
But these are names we got to throw out to you because if you don't pick them up, somebody will. And some of these guys will pan out. But, again, that's why they're deep wire stashes. So you can't ever say, oh, you guys missed on Jeremy Ross. No, we're always going to give you every possible name to pick up. So when they do pan out, you go, well, yeah, Dynasty Nerds, these guys are great. Um, other news, you know, Julian Edelman out for the year, broken foot. I'm sure that really hurt some people's dynasty chances of uh, winning. It stinks. Another one bites the dust. It feels like every week there's a big name going down, a big fantasy contributor. And right now it's like this is a year of like just overcoming injuries and the healthiest team might come out on top. You know, and as you know, mentioned that as well, as somebody want to acquire is Danny Amendola. You know, Danny Amendola is having an okay year, nothing great. But now with Julian Edelman going out, Edelman might, you know, Amendola might take over some of that role. Helps Gronk, helps LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, Chris Harper might be a stash. Aaron Dobson might be a, a solid play here as well going forward. But Chris Harper, Aaron Dobson are probably two guys next up here. But Amendola stock might be going up. He might be somebody who might get really cheap. Uh, so it might, you know, might be worth the gamble on Amendola for the late run stretch for a really cheap acquirement. But again, I mean, it's, it's, it hurts. Gronk's going to benefit again. Aaron Dobson. I hope you're coming on Marshall. I liked him a lot. Let's hope this is a chance he can get as Marshall owners. Uh, somebody you got maybe high in the second round of your rookie draft that this is a chance that Dobson needed to kind of take that step forward because it's almost right around. It's like all or nothing for this kid. So, you know, I took Aaron Dobson in the second round of my rookie draft a couple of years ago, and I'm I'm personally hoping that he gets his, you know this is his chance. I always liked his size, I liked his hands. So let's see if he uh, he could step up. And Aaron Dobson might be the guy you want to try and acquire as well. But I see Amendola is like the immediate kind of beneficiary here, besides Gronk, and uh, you know maybe possibly Chris Harper, Brashad Perriman uh, officially put on IR. He was a top 10, probably rookie pick, maybe first round rookie pick in your dynasty league, and you got nothing in return. And again, he's really raw coming out of UCF, and he'll be 23 in 2016. So that's kind of a mild concern because he didn't get to do anything his rookie year. So next year is going to be kind of his learning year. But at the same time, the benefit of that is the Ravens really, 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 really need him. And he's going to start when he comes back next year. But kind of a huge loss as a rookie pick. But not somebody you just really want to cut bait on or, you know, be overly pessimistic about. It sucks. It sucks when you take a rookie. Uh, I mean, look at Devontae Parker, too. I mean, you could say the same thing about Devontae Parker. He's been nagged with injuries all year long as well. You got nothing to show for him as well. And he was a top six pick who I still... I'm still a big fan of, but again, he falls in that category as well. I mean, this year there's tons of them. Kevin White, Brashad Perriman, Devontae Parker, top receiver picks that we got nothing in return, like nothing in return, not even viable. You got Doro Green Beckham at the back end, uh, giving you some production, uh, maybe out of all of them, even Nelson Algalor, not really giving you a lot of return on your buck. Uh, it's, it's mostly Amari Cooper. And, and this, you know, again, that the Doe Beckham classmate wants everybody to give us immediate immediate return, but for most of your rookie picks and rookie drafts is what you'll get. You'll get guys you have to wait on and wait on and, and stay close to these former first round picks too. Definitely these receivers. If they start coming up in trade next year, 
there'll be guys you want to acquire because it usually takes two to three years for these guys to really come along. You know, again, even like Sammy, Sammy's looking better every week, and you see people want to trade Sammy Watkins early in the year. Some people want to trade Sammy Watkins now. And again, that's a share I'd be acquiring. If, I, if I'm rebuilding, Sammy Watkins is somebody I'd love to get on my roster. The talent's still there. He's an extremely talented receiver. Did you see that movie put on Darrell Revis? Pugh. Guy's a stud. Stud, I tell you. You want to make sure. Those are guys I'd, like to, I'd love to go acquire. You know, like if I can get, I don't know, I doubt he's for sale, but like Mike Evans. But like Sammy Watkins falls in that category. If I'm trading and rebuilding, that if I think I can get Sammy Watkins as somebody out there, I'd really like to get a share of. Uh, maybe you can get Brashad Perry. Maybe you can get Devontae Parker or Kevin White really cheap because people are just, hey, you know, I want to win now. And these guys aren't doing anything. They're always going to be hurt. There's always pessimists out there. I'm an optimist. If you want to be a real big optimist, uh, Hakeem Nicks got signed to the Giants. You know, the team that drafted him, the only year he really had success is with the Giants. No, I'm not I'm not really getting overly excited about that, too. But maybe he's on your waiver wire. Maybe it's worth, like, a waiver wire pickup and make it refine that fountain of youth that he had back there way back in the day before leaving for greener pastures that turned out to be uh, just dirt. So Hakeem Nix did re-sign with the New York Giants. And Johnny Manziel named the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback going forward. Woo, woo. Well, we'll see. Johnny Manziel didn't look better. So there's optimism for there. But at the same time, the Browns will probably uh, finish with the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Unless Johnny comes out and plays better and they might take Paxton Lynch out of Memphis. We'll see. But he is the starter now. So going the rest of the way here, I want to make sure I don't want to get overly into it. I want to answer. There's a lot of questions out there. So I asked for your questions on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, again, you can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. You can follow me at Rich Dodson. Or you can like us on Facebook and get everything that we tweet out and all our articles on your Facebook timeline. And that's, you know, again, you, you want to like us on Facebook because when you're scrolling through Facebook at a very fast pace, just to see anything kind of interesting besides, you know, other people's problems or other people's pets or small children doing uh, things that they find cute, you can get a lot of dynasty information in between, which will really make you scroll a little slower to get some of that solid information. So maybe you missed it on Twitter or maybe you don't have Twitter uh, or maybe you missed an article for the day. It'll show up on your Facebook feed. And that's what Facebook really should be about. Dynasty Fantasy Football News. Um, so I'm going to hit some of those t- uh, Facebook questions up first. Again, and, you know, the one, before I get to that, the number one question I, I'm going to see on here and on Twitter is, you know, like Tom Jude, uh, at, you know, who writes for us, at Colleen Cassidy. You know, uh, they both ask the same question about Ajayi, and there's a lot of these on Twitter as well. And what are my thoughts on Jay Ajayi? Well, I mean, let's go back. Let's rewind the tape a little bit here. And, you know, the pre-draft notes on Jay Ajayi coming out of uh, Boise State. He's six foot 221, coming out, ran a 4.47, Powerful back. And, you know, he was a true three-down running back. I mean, this guy was the third overall. You know, I like TJ Yeldon slightly better than him, but I was flip-flopping there for a long time on Jay Ajayi. It was kind of, I mean, he looked that good on tape. The look of a true three-down player is what he looked like. I mean, this guy... You know, he's the first player in FBS history to rush for 1,800-plus yards plus 500 receiving yards. You know, he's a former soccer player, which is great to keep your feet and hips in sync. You know, he ran a really good pad level, uh, consistently pushed forward, and he's a guy that runs with power. You know what I mean? He runs angry. He has really good hands, so he can line up outside. 
So, I mean, Jai had the skill set. The skill set was never there. It's all about the knee in the long-term value of knee that made him fall down the draft there. But lately, I mean, the last couple of games here, he's he's played pretty well over two weeks. You know, he's had 11 touches and he's gained 89 yards. And he's looked a little bit better on the ground. You know, but last week they were saying, okay, Jay Jai's going to get more carries. Well, Miller got 80%. 82% of the offensive snaps, 22 total touches compared to his six. And that was the most touches that Miller's gotten all year long. So that was kind of somewhat carry, but at the same time, I mean, through nine games on the year, Miller has only exceeded, you know, the 14 carries only twice on a year. And he had 20 carries this week, but that was, I think the first time he's had over 20 carries. And it's weird because, you know, Miller, has always kind of been efficient. He's been, again, he's, he's tied for Adrian Peterson fancy points this year, but the coaching staff in Miami's kind of never really loved him. And he, he's really solid in the receiving game. And, and this year, like most of his fancy points have come off the receiving games. I mean, that's, that's been his bread and butter, really. I know two, 288 of his 521 rushing yards came against the te- Titans and Texans. So that's kind of nice. But at the same time, they might need to do that Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill kind of combo where J.J. is the bruiser. Lamar Miller is kind of like the come on the backfield back, but he could still carry the ball at the same time because Lamar Miller does look good. But I know Lamar, I'm pretty sure Lamar Miller's contract's up after this year as well. So again, Ajayi looks really, really good for two weeks, but it's only two weeks. And, you know, I liked him kind of college as well. His pass protection early on before him getting hurt in training camp was a big question as well. And that kind of set him back as, you know, as, as well too. So can he do pass protection? Will he just be limited as like, you know, maybe a two an X amount of carries where he always be a backup running back. I, I, I don't know. Split time back. He, he, he's running angry. He's, his dynasty shares are going up. He's worth a buy, but I'm not overpaying for J.J. You know, he looks explosive, and he's running powerful, but at the same time, I, I, I'm i not going to overpay for J.J. I'm not falling into that Kristen Michael trap where I'm just, you know, ooh, he's the next stud. And if he is, I mean, that's great. I Again, I like J.J. a lot, but, you know, pass protection's a concern. That knee might possibly be a concern as well. But... If if Lamar Miller walks, I mean, this guy is definitely has a potential to be a three-down player. So I just don't think you could buy low on him right now. I feel like, you know, a lot of people are out there. I've seen a lot of trades on Twitter and a lot of questions on Twitter about acquiring JJ and stuff they want to give up. I just wouldn't feel comfortable giving up for him. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather get something a little bit more proven than JJ. Definitely with Lamar Miller there. I mean, does Lamar Miller resign? I mean, again, he's 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 a running back one. He really is. He's gonna at worst case, even if Jai is plays really well and Lamar Miller's playing well, they're gonna split carries. It's gonna be a timeshare back. It's not he's not gonna be a three down player. Which is again, that's kind of hard to find anywhere. At the same time, we only had two running backs this past week run for over hundred yards. It was uh, Adrian Peterson and LaShawn McCoy, which is kind of crazy. Uh but again, I mean, it's just running backs. I mean, look at Jeremy Hill too. I mean, Jeremy Jeremy Hill came in last year. He was a top fifteen dynasty rookie, you know, dynasty overall 
player in the rankings entering the year for what he did last year, and now he's just pretty much obsolete. You know, could that be a JJ finishes in that Jeremy Hill? was the number one rusher over like the last six games of the season last year. So if Jai comes in here, he's the number one rusher over the last six games. We all fall in love with him. And, you know, he has a Jeremy Hill kind of feel to it. And everyone wants to give up everything in their mother for him. And then he comes back next year. And then, you know, it's it's still Lamar Miller resigns and it's Jay Jai. And he's, he just, he doesn't do as much. Again, it's, uh, those are things you got to think about too. You can't just always think about the upside. You got to think about the the possibilities of what can go wrong. But then again, if you don't if you don't take gambles, then you're not going to get anywhere as well. So, if a guy is the guy you want to gamble on, then I'm all for it. Because again, he's somebody I really liked his tape kind of Boise State. I, I I liked it a lot, and he he'd be somebody I will be willing to gamble on, but for the right price. And again, running backs it's just one of those things. I, I'm not I don't like to overpay for a running back that has upside like that. Just quite yet. I, it depends what I have to give up. Would I give up a first round pick for JJ? Probably if it's a late first round pick, like almost like guaranteed to be like tenth, eleventh, twelfth because of this dra- draft class. Maybe like I'm for sure in the playoffs, and I can get Jay Jay for a first. I'd I'd probably be willing to do that, seeing they hit a first round grade, uh, before the draft. So a late first round pick wouldn't really kill me here. And again, his talent is going to keep him on the field. It is, but Miller's still talented enough to keep him behind him at the same time. So it's a long-term play. Will Ajayi, you know, emerge as, you know, the bruiser and Lamar Miller fall into that passing role? Possibly as well. But Ajayi getting a bulk of the carries, it's, I I can see them splitting carries on the field. And Ajayi, again, he's just more of an upside player. He, He really is. Uh, not somebody to sell the farm for quite yet, but I like him. Always did. So let's move on. I know we have some couple other questions here as well, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll continue to stay on top of this JJI news for the rest of the season, see where his value uh, is going forward. But I mean, again, remember Lamar Miller is still there, and Lamar Miller is an adequate running back. Lamar Miller is number three. Tyler Adrian Peterson overall fantasy running back right now in PPR leagues. So let's get to more of these uh, Facebook questions here as well uh, from Chris Simo. Simo, should I trade Woodhead after this year while his stock is high? Uh, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Maybe Melvin Gordon's going to take another step next year. Danny Woodhead will be a year older. He's going to finish as a top 10 fantasy running back. For the right price, I would sell Woodhead. I feel like somebody wouldn't want to give you what Woodhead is worth, so he might be this player that's worth keeping in, fantasy, in, in a dynasty league, uh, PPR league where Woodhead, again, I just feel like Woodhead falls in that category. Even his numbers clearly state when he, when he plays, he's a top 12 fantasy running back in PPR leagues. Somebody might not be willing to pay what that, that's worth. But again, for the right price, I'd love to sell Woodhead high after this year. But he does produce when he's on the field. Uh, barn injuries, again, we, before the season, when we were talking, I was talking about how I loved him as a sleeper this year because, you know, the previous two years being healthy, that he was a top 13 and top 12 fantasy running back, and here he is now, I think, number five overall. He's a good guy to have. So unless you're going to get really good value for him, he's probably worth just keeping because you probably won't get what you deserve to have that kind of production in a PPR league. 
and I, he's just he's just a good running back to kind of have on your roster. Even if you have really good guys, and he, you know, doesn't pan out next year to be a top five guy, but somebody can play on bye weeks and injuries. But yeah, he he definitely falls in the category. Any running back like that, I like to sell high in. I and mean, again, I, I sold high on Eddie Lacy after the end of the year because I could have got DeAndre Hopkins for him. Uh, and there's there's few running backs. I'm sure the question you made the same question about Devontae Freeman. Should I sell high on him? I mean, I'm not selling Devontae Freeman after being number one overall year, but. I mean, if you can get Julio Jones and for Devontae Freeman, I'm doing it. And everybody's for sale. Um, from Romeo Ramirez, what do you do when you're tops in your league, but you know your running backs are lacking? You know, like Doug Martin, C.J. Anderson, Duke Johnson, Charles Sims, and a few rookies. But your your wide receivers are carrying your team. Like he has Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, John Brown, or Antonio Brown, and Mari Cooper. Do you stay the course when I'm so close to make when I'm so close to winning? Or do you make a trade for Adrian veteran like McCoy or Forte? Like to me, questions like that fall in the category of should I make a bad trade just so I can win now? I mean, I'd give up one of those receivers for McCoy, a first round pick. I mean, as long as you're getting good value in return, but at the same time, again. Running backs are plug-and-play guys, so I don't like to trade a really good young receiver to get an older running back. I mean, of all those receivers that you have on here, I wouldn't trade any of them for Forte and McCoy together, honestly. So, I mean, if that's the case, sometimes we always talk about maybe it's don't look at the big trades, look at the small trades. Maybe there's a running back out there like Danny Woodhead you can get for cheaper for somebody that's not contending. Uh, somebody else. I mean, don't think about the big name. If you're that close, there's receivers are going to carry you. I mean, you could probably still roll, roll with Doug Martin and Duke Johnson if it's a PPR league. Those guys will help you get by. So, again, I, I never recommend making a dynasty trade just to win now unless you for sure can win where you're giving up a good young receiver for definitely an older running back. Those guys are plug-and-play guys. I mean, and if you are getting a running back, just aim lower. You know what I mean? I mean, aim Aim for somebody that is kind of doing really well now or doing good enough to help you win because your receivers are so good than trying to get a little Sean McCoy you might cost you a little bit more. But maybe McCoy or Forte won't cost you as much. But I definitely wouldn't give up one of those receivers. That's Romeo. I definitely would not do that. I would look elsewhere to acquire a receiver or just actually give up draft picks. Keep your receivers. and I mean, Your team's good enough now and you got a little bit younger. You are a little bit younger receiver. Offer a first-round pick for McCoy. See if that works, or in a first round pick and something else. But I definitely would not trade in those receivers. Uh, Rick Higginbotham, your team looks great. Can't talk about it all night, but it does look great. Uh, this one from Jace Hardis. What do you do with Ch- Charkandrick West next year? So Charkandrick West, he looks really good uh, in that uh, Andy Reid offense. He, he's playing really well. He's playing the, like the Jamal Charles kind of like strengths. He's catching the ball really well running the ball well. To me, he's a keeper. Jamal Charles, he, he's going to be a year older, coming off another injury. The way he runs, he can be somebody that's going to be banged up consistently going forward over the years. And Jarkandrick West has shown that he can come in there and be a fantasy running back uh, one some weeks. And he's somebody that I am keeping. I am not selling. Again, I don't know what the price would be on him going out there. Again, I, he would be somebody I feel you couldn't get the value it's worth where you might as well just hold. Uh, you got Charkandrick West for extremely cheap, if not for free. 
So you're not really losing out on anything. You could make the argument where if you sell, you got them for free, so you might as well sell and get something back in return. But the upside's there where I'm keeping Charkandrick West. He's not somebody I'm looking to sell in the offseason. Again, for the right price, I would sell anybody. Definitely with the Jamal Charles owner. Uh, if I can get a medium first-round pick for him, I'm going to sit there and uh, I'll take the first-round pick. But Charkandrick West looks like he might be a viable option going forward in the years to come. Uh, and they might see him when Jamal Charles, if he is done, the guy to move forward with. And I think Jarkandrick West has a bright future, and he's somebody that I am keeping. Uh, we have a question here from Will Dennison. Is it time to drop Victor Cruz? It was time to drop Victor Cruz last year, but yes, you can drop Victor Cruz. He also asked, is A.J. Green still a top-five asset? Uh, he's right around that number five mark up there. So, yeah, A.J. Green, again, somebody you really want to keep on your dynasty roster he's still a top tier fantasy producer uh week in week out he might not be a stud with all of the you know weapons around him but he's still a top tier dynasty guy david brown asks is chris harper worth picking up as a deep dynasty sleeper absolutely becca lou asks blake bortles or Derek carr long term uh like them both long term very close i mean those guys are like you know if you're doing like dynasty rankings wise those guys be right there uh neck and neck right now i lean slightly towards blake bortles mostly because i like the young talent that they're putting around him it's again we talked about descending matt and i in the episode last week about two up-and-coming players if you pick a lot of you know one team is the dynasty asset i mean the raiders and the jaguars because again i think you know, Latavius Murray, TJ Yeldon, young upside running backs. Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, Alan Hearns, and Alan Robinson. Cooper has the edge there, but still, t- you know, together, I'd li- I like the A-Rob and Hearns combo. And they got Julius Thomas there, and they have Clive Walford in Oakland. So size, upside-wise, I think I'd give the edge slightly to Bortles right now. But, I mean, it's really neck and neck. There's no... There's no one or the other that I would say, oh, I traded Bortles for Carr or Carr for Bortles. So I'm like, oh, you, you got the better end of that deal. Both really nice running backs or quarterbacks that I would like to have on my dynasty roster going forward. Um, let's transfer over to Twitter. Let's get some of these in. This comes from at NVT Esther Dowish. How does his injury and losing his entire rookie season impact your opinion of Kevin White's dynasty value? It does not, does not in my, impact my decision. Like, opinion of him whatsoever uh, i talked about this before where you know coming on wvu uh kevin white was explosive but he was raw he had a really one big year at west virginia and i didn't really expect a whole lot of him coming in this year i expect him to have a really big learning curve uh, at the pro game so him missing this year it, it stinks because he doesn't have the on-field time to learn uh, he has the classroom time to learn but i didn't expect much from him this year uh, so I still have him as a top four rookie. You know, if I was going to redo, I'm sure we're going to do a dynasty rookie redraft, what we know now at the end of the year, and guarantee Kevin White will still be a top six at the worst case scenario rookie pick. So I still like Kevin White going forward. Uh, again, you took him because of his high upside, and the high upside is still there. Uh, Stinks he lost because of his injury, but, you know, he hasn't had anything where it's been a skill set issue. It's just been an injury that's kind of kept him off the field. So I still like dynasty value, you know, long-term outlook on Kevin White 
Um, next one comes from at Nick Whalen. What are, what's Calvin and Lacey's value in regards to rookie picks? Both to me, both have, you know, first round grades on there for me. Uh, Lacey's value is extremely down right now, but I wouldn't take anything less than a first because otherwise, what's the point of even getting rid of them? Uh, again, if you listen to this show all year and we had our sell players to sell high on, Eddie Lacey was my player to sell high on. I did sell high on him in the offseason. Uh, I gave my reasons why, definitely about the kind of, you know, the offense he was in, the player he was, his size. Uh, he was being going to be touchdown dependent. Uh, running backs like that, I think you should always kind of trade when they, their their value reaches like top 15, top 20 overall dynasty uh, ranking value. But right now, I'd still say you should easily, or not maybe not easily, you still be able to get a first round pick for Lacey. Some people might see that value. Uh, again, I'm not Eddie Lacey buyer. I'm a seller. Uh, I actually sold high. Now it's really low to get out. But if he bounces back, I'd still be a seller. But I mean, you still a late first round pick, and is it even worth getting that first round pick? But uh, draft pick wise, definitely worth a first. And Calvin's still worth a first. I mean, Calvin's older, but Calvin's still uh, Calvin's still a stud. I mean, right now he's receiver, right around receiver. I think twelve. Uh, 13, 14, 15, right around there. But the point differential isn't great. I mean, he's right behind Travis Benjamin with 139 fantasy points on the year. But when you also have uh, wide receiver number eight, Brandon Marshall, who's wide receiver number eight with 160, you're talking about uh, a 20-point differential right there over the year. So 20 points between him being wide receiver number eight overall. I mean, 20 points is a lot, but you're only talking two points a game over the last uh, 10 weeks so Calvin to me is still worth a first round pick he might be somebody you could buy low on I suppose but he's an elite receiver somebody that uh, for a first round pick you'd be happy to get those high end wide receiver two wide receiver one numbers out of so Nick I'd still give up first round picks I'd give up a first for pick round pick for Calvin I would not give up a first round pick for Eddie Lacy but his value to me is still worth that first round pick because uh, the upside is still there Next one is from at Jay Beasley, one, two, three. Is Jordan Matthews in a sophomore slump, or is he just not as good as we thought? Uh, again, he he's a good receiver. There's always a sophomore slump there. Uh, they're having quarterback issues there as well. And he had a hand injury that might have been hurting him for a little while. So I think it's just a whole big mess for Jordan Matthews right now. Still like him, loved him coming out of Vanderbilt. He's my number three overall rookie player. Uh, in the rankings at the time, I'm a, I'm gonna kind of hold it where I'm hoping it's the hand issue that kind of hurt him a little bit. And right now, not the great quarterback play in the Eagles offense, but Eagles offense is getting better every week. So I'm still kind of waiting to see at the end of the year to make my assessment on Jordan Matthews. But I think it might be more of a slump issue. Uh, I and mean, maybe he's not gonna be as great as we thought he was. But again, just because you're a third overall rookie pick doesn't mean you're gonna be like a top 12 fantasy guy uh maybe the high side maybe your high side with jordan matthews he's gonna be a wide receiver two going forward which is again it's great i mean it's great wide receiver twos are phenomenal phenomenal to have not everybody's wide receiver one there's only 12 of those guys uh but still i'm still on the j matt bandwagon next one comes from b scully one two one would you sell mike evans to you know a contender he is he's a contender with brown hopkins and a rob is he's asking if is Evans worth getting like Decker and Watkins? Well, I mean for Decker and Watkins, I could live with that. 
for sure because I still love Watkins. So for me, it's nothing crazy. But again, Mike Evans, why even make the move? I mean, Decker's not really a terrific long-term play. He's an adequate, he's an adequate play, but you know the upside is there with Watkins as, as well. But I mean, Evans, he's right there. So I'd be okay with getting Decker and Sammy Watkins for Mike Evans because I I like Decker and I like Sammy Watkins. But again, I'd probably hold there if it was me. I just wouldn't be looking to move Mike Evans again. Players like that, I don't look to move. I don't ever really try to move. Like any, anybody that's a top 15 dynasty player, usually, that in my eyes, in my own personal rankings, that I believe is in that position, uh, I'm not moving. I'm building around those guys. I'm looking for uh, long-term success. And those guys, again, I mean, somebody that's 22 years old, I want to build my team around those guys, and I want to keep moving forward. I have a tw- Twitter question here asked about rookie picks and draft picks from at Duke Worth going forward. We'll be getting to all our rookie content coming here soon. Uh, right now, I know our top two guys that I'd want to move up for uh, that I think are must-haves are Laquan Treadwell and Ezekiel Elliott. I still like Josh Dotson as well. Um, we have another Charkandrick West question here. Do you see him as a running back one past the season? Uh, maybe not running back one past the season, but definitely running back one potential, uh, Richard Crane. Uh, this one comes from Mark Laus. Who are your top players at each position under 25? Antonio Brown, Todd Gurley, Rob Gronkowski. Those are my guys. Those are, those are guys that, that I, that I love Todd Gurley right now. Uh, I would, I, him or Le'Veon Bell, 50, they're equals in my eyes. They're, it's 1A and 1B. I'm not going to say who's A, who's B. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell are top two running backs right there for me. Julio, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, those are my top three receivers. Des Bryant's up there as well, but that whole situation's iffy as well. So, I mean, I love DeAndre Hopkins, love Julio Jones, love Antonio Brown. And then Rob Gronkowski, you know, he, he's in a tier of himself. Then after that, you got Tyler Eifert, you got Tyler Eifert, Jimmy Graham, who's who's Jimmy Graham, but he's still not. He, he he's lost that luster a little bit. But I mean, Gronkowski at tight end is definitely in a tier of his own. Um, you know, right now tight end number two is Gary Barnage. <laughs> but I don't know about the long term play. But you know, I still like Eifert. I still like Kelsey a lot. Uh, Jordan Reed, if he can keep his head on straight, I like a lot at the tight end position as well. Um. And here's the very here's the next question about those tight ends from at pwh13 from Peter Jordan Reed or Ladarius Green as for a rebuild. I will take Jordan Reed there again. I've liked Jordan Reed for you know a couple of years now, and again his concussions are his biggest concern, but the talent is there. So for me, I like Jordan Reed. Ladarius Green's really they're really close in my dynasty rankings for those two. But if I had to pick one going forward, I'm taking Jordan Reed. Hopefully he doesn't get knocked in the head too much. Um, move Dynasty PPR League in a rebuild mode. Should I move Dez? If so, what's his value? I got offered a 2016-2017 first PPR League. This one comes from at Ryan Hoberg. Again, Ryan, I kind of touched on that in the beginning of the episode where I am never trading somebody like Dez for two first-round picks. You're giving up elite talent, top five Dynasty overall player to take a gamble on some 17, you know, and 16 first where you don't even know where those first round picks are going to be. Uh, 
I wouldn't do those. I wouldn't do that trade if I knew I, it was going to be the one one and a one one. I'd rather just have Dez because even the one one's no guarantee. You know, because that forces you to trade Dez then sixteen if you have the number one overall pick. And let's say right now it's Laquan Treadwell is the number one receiver. Then you have to take Laquan Treadwell just to just to fill into that Dez role. And then you got to hope like not only that, then you got to hope Laquan Treadwell in the next couple of years turns into Dez. Those are all you know. It's kind of a long shot. I love Laquan Treadwell a lot, but will he be Dez? I'm not guaranteeing that whatsoever. And those players, even like Dez, they take a couple of years to come along. So why, why move an elite guy to take a risk just to try and find that other? You're literally moving that guy to try and find that guy. Once you make that move, you're trying to find that guy. There's no reason to give up guys like that. Dez falls in that category. You know those re- any of those receivers you don't want to trade. They're not worth unless you're getting a receiver back in a first round pick. That's really like really good. You know, I'm not making that trade. I mean, if somebody's gonna offer me like a Mari Cooper in a first for Dez, I'm gonna say hell yeah. But I mean, that's what's gonna take for me. I'm not moving somebody like that for draft picks. Definitely not draft picks. I mean, again, hopefully, talking about that in the beginning of the episode, kind of cleared that some of that up as well too. But you're not, no Ryan, do not trade Dez for draft picks. It's it'd be a horrible, horrible idea. I'd take Keen Allen in the first. For Des, but something along those lines. Um, this one comes from Ask Spider Scar. Ever consider having one of your writers on standby for these solo nights? <laughs> Felt bad for you the one time you recorded those three times to get it done. Uh, thanks. That was a that was a rough night re-recording those episodes over and over again. But no, I sometimes it happens short notice. Like Matt might let me know, hey man, something came up. I really can't make this show. Can you do it this time, or could you do it then? And I just tell them, like today, I was, hey, man, I'll just do the show solo today. Not a big deal. If I planned ahead, I mean, yeah, we definitely get, I know, like, at Tim Torch, uh, we can probably get him on. Uh, I know we have a couple of writers that could probably possibly get on. But, again, being short notice, uh, you know, a lot of our writers we deal, I deal with via email and via Twitter. So to get a hold of them is not always immediate. So it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have a standby guy. But, you know, if I could do three solo shows a year, eh, I could live with it. It's the end of the world. Um, next one from at David Brown. Who to pick up for New England wide receiver and Dallas running back? Any super sleepers? Chris Harper would probably be your deep sleeper there in New England. Again, I mentioned Aaron Dobson earlier. Uh, at Dallas running back, you're still looking at Darren McFadden the rest of the year, and they're going to address that in the offseason. So no deep sleepers in Dallas at all. Uh Next one from Chris Berry. Is Brashad Perriman worth buying low? What is his value going forward? Still a first-round value pick. If you can get him for a first-round pick, a later first-round pick, I would definitely make that move. Definitely worth buying going forward. Uh, next one from at, next, Michael Badiani. For players like Dez, Julio, A.J. Green, Tony Brown, who are around 26, 28, how much longer do you think you can get top dollar? Again, a lot of these questions you see are coming through, and it, it's it's funny that we talked about this already an episode is you should be able to get top dollar for a long time. I mean, you, I just mentioned Calvin Johnson, you can still get a first for him. So why can't you get top dollar for I mean, Antonio Brown should be worth top dollar for the next five years. So all those guys have long-term play. So if, again, they're again, they're not guys you're going to sell. And then from, you know, Mike, he also asked is Jeremy Langford, J- Jeremy Langford worth a first round pick? Yes. Yes, he is. Langford, uh, he's played well in Chicago. 
Matt Forte might be walking because I think his contract lines up. They can let him go this year instead of paying him. Uh, Jeremy Langford is worth a first round pick. Look, you know, we liked him coming out of Michigan State. And again, Jeremy Langford, I give up a first round pick for him and hope that he can be the guy next year, uh, if not in two years. So, yes, he is worth a first round pick. That's it. I don't think I can get any more questions. It's the time on the clock says this show has been going on for 52 minutes. That's a lot of t- talking. My voice is starting to start going here soon. Uh, so hopefully the show came came out okay for you guys. Again, I always get a little nervous about the the one man shows how they're going to come out from the one perspective. Um, I know we didn't hit up. There's a lot of questions today. We didn't hit up on a lot, but we still, you know, we talked about the first round picks. Don't give up the first round. You know, don't trade good players for first round picks unless they're really high first round picks. But to get, just remember. When you trade for first-round picks, you're taking all the risk, and it's not always going to work out. And we say this point all the time on the show, uh, and it's always worth reminding people is, you know, a lot of these draft picks are going to be bust, but even if they're okay, just remember there's only X amount of top-tier talent, and those, that, that takes years to kind of prove into itself. I mean, guys are coming to their own. Uh, so and that's how the whole NFL and then there's some guys are going to be later round picks as well. So the guys just aren't guaranteed. The first round picks are not guaranteed. Again, you have a better chance of them not being successful than they are being successful. I know we're coming rookie season. Everybody's excited that they're going to go next AJ Green or the next Todd Gurley, but uh, it, it doesn't always work out that way. So again, remember, first round picks are great to have. You need to rebuild, but you should not give up elite talent just strictly for picks. It's not a good move. Um, and if you have any Twitter, you know, if you have any questions you want to hit me up on Twitter, uh, feel free at Dynasty Rich. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Uh, Matt's not here today. You can follow him at Dynasty Matt. Uh, you can make sure you get on our forum on DynastyNerds.com and get your questions on there as well, or you can hit me up on by email at the same time. If you want to support the podcast, make sure you get on iTunes, give us a rate and review. It really helps the cause. Uh, we had a really good long one uh, on there, and I took all the feedback, the good, bad, and ugly one. Uh, it was a good, solid, positive review, and some things on there he suggested. Some we can do, some we uh, possibly may be able to do. But if you want to do that, get on iTunes, give us a rating review. Helps the podcast more than you uh, could could know. And if you want to support the podcast financially, you can always buy a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Holiday season's coming along. They're great shirts. Uh, again, two shirts pay for the podcast for a month, so we really appreciate that. So make sure you get a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt if it's in your power to do so. And until then, I'll be back with uh, Matt next week. Uh, we're coming upon, this is episode number 98, so next week's 99. After that, we're going to be giving away a free Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, and I think we're going to have Mike back for the 100th episode. I think he's going to try and make his way back for the 100th episode, so there'll be three of us here. Can't wait for that. Uh, until then, I'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy it. Good luck this week. Hope everybody's making a good final push to the playoffs. Good luck, guys. Later. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.